gentlemen, start your engine. You're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNAPA.com. Featuring appearances by Bill McAnally Racing Drivers, Todd Gilliland, Riley Herbst, Julia Landauer, and 2015 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Champion, Chris Eggleston. Now here's your host, Anthony Alejandres. Riley Herbst is your highest finishing BMR driver in Oregon. Now he and the rest of the team head to Utah for a race weekend doubleheader. I'm Anthony Alejandres, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. On today's show, we'll recap the Toyota Nap Auto Parts 150 at Roseburg, Oregon. We'll get you ready for this weekend's races at Utah Motorsports Campus. And we'll be joined by driver of the number 54 Curb Records Toyota Camry for BMR, Julia Landauer. Julia is coming off a top five finish in last week's race, and she runs seventh in the championship standings heading to Utah. She'll be joining us shortly. But until then, we will get you caught up on the last race out from Oregon. Saturday, August 27th, marked the running of race number 10 of the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West season. And all four BMR teams showed speed for this one early in the day in practice. In practice one, Todd Gilliland led the charge for BMR with a second fastest lap, with the rest of the BMR lineup putting up laps good enough to post them all in the top 11 spots. In final practice, Todd Gilliland would lead the field with Chris Eggleston in third, Riley Herbst in fourth, and Julia Landauer in the seventh spot. On to qualifying, and Gilliland would continue his success in qualifying on the season, earning his sixth pole award of the year. Chris Eggleston would start just one row behind in third with Riley Herbst alongside in fourth. Julia Landauer picked up another top ten starting spot in the race, qualifying this one in the eighth spot. On to the race, 150 laps out at Douglas County Speedway. Todd Gilliland in the preferred inside line on the start would get the jump and he would lead the opening stretch of the race with Chris Eggleston battling for second early on. On lap 38, the caution would fly for a solo spin by the 54 Julia Landauer. Fortunately, this would be early enough in the race for her to climb back into contention before long. Riley Herbst would have an eventful day of his own, a lot of speed in that number 19 NOS energy drink Toyota Camry, but Herbst did not have the luxury of restarting on the inside on many occasions in this one. And at this one groove track, starting on the outside would lead him to have to fight really hard for each position on the track. For several consecutive restarts, Todd Gilliland would lead the field back to green from the inside, but teammate Chris Eggleston forced to try and make that outside lane work. Eggleston came closer than anyone to making something happen on the outside after a restart, but after a lap or two, the inside lane would prevail. On a lap 112 restart, Chris Eggleston would give Todd Gilliland the biggest challenge all race, fighting hard to the outside and then making a crossover to the bottom on the front stretch and going to the inside of Gilliland through one and two. On the exit, Gilliland and Eggleston would make contact while racing for the lead and both would spin into the infield grass. They would both have to go to the rear of the field with not much time left to get back to the front. Riley Herbst then became the highest running BMR driver, restarting in second with Julia Landauer fighting her way back to the front as well, restarting in seventh. Passing was not always an easy task at this one, even with the fastest cars in the race, Eggleston and Gilliland both would have to fight very hard for every position they would gain late in the race. Riley Herbst would remain up front to the conclusion of the race, finishing this one in the third spot. Julia Landauer would rebound nicely from her early spin and would finish in the fifth spot. Todd Gilliland would make his way back up to the sixth spot, and Chris Eggleston would come back to finish this race in seventh. Moving on to the series standings after ten races, Todd Gilliland would leave Oregon still atop the point standings by five points. Chris Eggleston still runs third in points after Oregon with seven top fives and eight top tens. Riley Herbst continues to put together great results as of late. Another third place finish has him six in the points, seven points back from the top five. 
Julia Landauer is just one spot back in seventh. She's just 11 points from the top five with four races remaining. This race recap is brought to you by BMR Napa Auto Care Centers. If you need to get your car repaired, then bring it to the place with the best reputation in the community. With everything from general automotive repair to brake service, oil changes, tune-ups, to computer diagnostics and transmission service, and so much more. BMR Napa Auto Care is dedicated to getting your car running like it should be, and they are committed to delivering best-in-class service. Schedule an appointment online today at bmrnapa.com or over the phone at 916-676-0010. They have two locations, Roseville and Antelope, California, both of which will give you that same great BMR service. That's BMR Napa Auto Care Centers, championship service from a championship team. Up next, we'll talk to the driver who finished fifth in the Toyota Napa Auto Parts 150, driver of the number 54 Curb Records Toyota Camry, Julia Landauer. That's up next on BMR Access. Hey gang, this is Brendan Gaughan, driver of the number 62 South Point Chevrolet in the NASCAR Smoothie Series, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally All Access Show. Welcome back to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. We're coming off Douglas County Speedway, and we're coming up on a doubleheader weekend out at Utah Motorsports Campus. And we're talking to a driver today who's got a lot of good road course experience, Julia Landauer, driver of the number 54 Curb Records Toyota. How are you doing today, Julia? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And first off, uh, before we get to Utah, uh, Douglas County Speedway was just a week ago. It's a big return for Bill McAnally racing to that racetrack. And uh, you were able to have a really strong run there. Tell us about that race. Yeah, it was really cool because, you know, Bill did a great job promoting the whole race. And we were able to spend some time with the community before the race and see a lot of them out at the track. So that was really cool. Um, and, yeah, it was a tough race. You know, didn't quite qualify as strong as I would have liked. Um, but then we were able to hang on to bring home, I believe, my fourth top five of the season. So that was good and, uh, you know, good momentum moving forward into Utah. At a place like Douglas County Speedway, being that it's such a flat racetrack and it's really small, it seems like it really takes a while to get some momentum on the next driver and try to build up and make that pass. How tough is it to balance being aggressive and overly aggressive at a place like Roseburg, being that it's really just a one-groove racetrack? Well, that's definitely a tough balance, and especially for me as a rookie and the other rookies out there. You know, we're learning how to as you said, be aggressive enough but not reckless. And so I thought that was Roseburg was a really good, or Douglas County Speedway was a really good place to kind of learn how to properly move people out of the way. I don't particularly like that racing very much. I think it's it's um, more fun as a driver to need to really strategically set up a pass and make it cleanly. But when you go to these short tracks, we really if we want to advance, we really don't have an option but to you know move people. And you saw it up front, you saw it at the back. So that's just what we had to do. You had some trouble early in the race. You ended up going for a spin, but you were able to make it back up and finish in the fifth spot. It's happened a couple times this year where you've had an early setback, but you've always fought back and finished up at the front. How tough is that, you know, as a competitor, you know, when you're already close to the front early in the race and then to have to kind of reset and bring it back, you know, within a uh, really short 150 lap race? I just think how much further could I have gotten if I hadn't spun? And I think that, you know, you know, I learn from every race that I do, and, you know, a big part of that is just really, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of seat time last year. We only had eight races in my championship season, and, you know, I'm pretty much only racing the K&N series this year, so track time is so crucial, and, um, you know, I try to make the most of it, and sometimes that results in trying a little too hard, um, but definitely learning from that, and if nothing else, is teaching me how to really fight back hard, so hopefully, you know, in these closing races of the season, we'll be able to avoid the spins and just be able to uh, race really hard and, and wind up up front. 
Well, you've had a very good year thus far. You're seventh in points right now, and I think uh, a real true statement of how well you've run is the fact that you finished top 10 in all but one race thus far. I know points are a big deal no matter what, but at this point, getting into the top five, something that's a big deal to you, or is there just kind of a, a goal race by race of where you'd like to finish and where you'd like to be each week? Oh, no. I mean, the goal is to finish top five in the championship, and I believe we're 11, 11 points out of fifth place, um, which is doable. Uh, the other goals are, you know, to get podiums and to get a win. That's still, I set that, I set those goals in the beginning of the season, and they still stand true today. And I know that, you know, the team is working hard, and we've had some, some stuff that we're working through with, you know, just getting everything where we need it to be come race day. Um, and so I know that we're all working really hard to, to get there. So that's, that's where the goals stand right now. Well, looking ahead to this weekend, you're back on a road course, Utah Motorsports Campus. Our only road course we've run so far this year was out at Sonoma Raceway, and that was a track where you did have a really strong run at. You had some setbacks here and there during the race, but you did show a lot of speed throughout that. So that being said, you looking forward to getting back to the road courses? I'm really looking forward to Utah Motorsports Campus. I mean, I raced there nine years ago now in the Formula BMW Series. We only did half the track, though, um, so... To get on the full track will be really exciting, and it's definitely going to be a different type of racetrack than Sonoma. You know, not a whole lot of elevation change, some bigger sweeping corners, um, and so I'm I'm just really excited. And you know, I've learned quite a bit from since Sonoma. We've almost doubled the season since then. So just the the stuff that I've been able to learn in terms of car control and how to push the car to the limits and and passing and setup and what my competitors are like. I think it'll be a really exciting two races, and whatever you learn in the first race, you can then go and fix and apply it to the second race, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, you mentioned those two races. That's a, a very different format than we're used to seeing in stock car racing, really. You know, it's something we see every now and then when the IndyCar series goes to the road races. But in this series, uh, that's got to be pretty exciting for you, especially at a form of racing that you're interested in in the road courses, being able to be there two days uh, out of the weekend and race both of those days. Yeah, definitely. And when I ran the Skip Barber Racing Series when I was 14, and then when I ran Formula BMW when I was 15, that was what we did. We did these doubleheader weekends, which are kind of a gift and a curse, right? In, in terms of a gift, you get you get a full race to learn about the car, and then you, if you wish that you had done something differently or have some ideas of how you could have been better, you can go apply that to that second race. On the other hand, it's obviously risky to to be racing and putting yourself in a position where if something happens to the car, you have to really work your butts off to to get it ready for that second race but I really like it I think having that increased seat time in a very short period of time is really beneficial to development drivers there are plenty of races this season where I wish I could have gone back and done a second race because I learned so much in the first one so I'm I'm really looking forward to it since the start of the season you've been working with Eric Holmes as your spotter and driver coach he's a three-time series champion he's won a lot of races in this series he brings a lot of knowledge to the table, and I'm sure that that really helps you out as a rookie driver. Talk about that relationship that you have with Eric Holmes and how you guys have worked together this season. Yeah, I mean, that relationship with Eric is really cool, and it's definitely developed and grown quite a bit. Uh, you know, the first handful of races, we were just getting used to each other, and we have very different communication styles, and so really trying to figure out how we could get everything we needed to make both of us the best that we could be at doing our jobs was really important. And I think I think Tucson was really a turning point for us in terms of being able to increase communication and get really good feedback going. And, you know, when he tells me to do something, you know, I'm able to just go and do it. Um, and I, I definitely hope that I can have my, you know, winning spotter be able to, you know, be that spotter that helps me get into victory lane. Um, but we're definitely learning a lot, and you know, he's helping quite a bit with, 
you know, some of what he sees with the car and what we're able to do to make it stronger. So incredible amount of knowledge. Now we do have fairly different driving styles. So it's interesting to kind of hear part of his driving style and how he communicates that to me and how I then have to translate it basically to my driving style. So very different people, but I think we're getting really good chemistry. And as I said, just really hoping these next four races, we're able to come off with some even stronger results. In addition to what you guys are doing in the West Series right now, you've also been behind the wheel of a late model recently. You were out at Irwindale Speedway just a few weeks back, and you had a really strong run out there, and you led 48 laps. You finished second in a race. Why don't you tell us about that night? Yeah, we led the wrong 48 laps, right? Um, No, but we uh, struggled a little bit in qualifying again, but got an invert that really helped us out and, you know, started second for the race and just was able to take the lead. And I was actually a little surprised. I kind of expected I'd be battling more with some of the other regulars but we all of a sudden I hear my spotter saying, all right, three car length gap. All right, the second place is now half a straightaway back. So it was just a lot of fun to get out front and really get into the groove. It's a lot of what I did last year in the limited late models with Lee Pulliam out in Virginia. You know, we were able to get up front and just get in the zone and, you know, hit marks and go really fast. Um, but then, yeah, we got a flat tire. Um, and I couldn't quite tell what it was, but the chassis was hitting really hard against the ground. And, you know, the car was really tight for those last basically four laps and that's where um the guy who ended up winning the race nick Janitas, he was able to get get by me um and i was able to maintain second but it was bittersweet because it was such a strong run and we just had a little bit of bad luck that there's not much you can do about we still got four races left in the season i know that there's still many things that you want to get accomplished before this race season ends but you've had a lot of good things happen here in the first part of this season had a lot of great experiences behind the wheel Looking back on what's taken place so far this season, has there been a highlight moment or highlight race to you thus far that really stands out? Oh, that's a great question what the highlight of the season is. I mean, there have been a couple. Getting to Sonoma was really cool. Um, Getting on Iowa, even though we really didn't have a great night, it was cool to be on one of the premier NASCAR tracks. Um, which was pretty exciting, and being able to bring new, like some of my my friends and family out to the track who had never seen races before, and being able to share it with them. Um, you know, Tucson was still probably one of the strongest races with running up in second for a little bit there. Um, but I'm just really excited to, you know, for all the work that I've put in, that Julia Landauer Racing has put in, that Bill McNally Racing has put in, and Toyota and Napa Filters. I mean. We've all collectively worked incredibly hard uh, to make the season come together, and we're doing pretty well. And it's obviously, you know, having so many cars um, on the team and working together and really trying to make the most of what we have is is what the goal is. So I'm really excited going into the last four races. Definitely a decent amount of pressure to, as I said, get get some podiums and and hopefully the win because I know that I know that we're all completely capable. It's just a matter of putting all the pieces together properly. Well, Julia, we wish you good luck out at Utah Motorsports Campus this weekend in both races, and thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is Eric Holmes, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. Big thanks to our featured interview of the week, Julia Landauer. Very impressive rookie season she's having. Visiting most of these tracks for the very first time and only finishing outside of the top 10 once, and that was just one position back with an 11th place finish at Sonoma. This weekend, they head to Utah Motorsports Campus, where she has some racing experience from the past. Could be a very good weekend for Julia and the number 54 Toyota team. Utah Motorsports Campus is a road course that's been part of the series for many years. 
From 2007 to 2014, they'd race there once a year. Now, after a one-year hiatus, the series is back in Utah, and they're running the first-ever doubleheader weekend in the history of the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West. Bill McAnally Racing has come very close to winning at Utah on several occasions, finishing second at the track four years in a row. In 2009, rookie driver Polly Haraka would drive to a second-place finish in this race. Then in 2010, road course ace Eric Curran would make his BMR debut at Utah and would finish that race in the second spot with BMR teammates Polly Haraka and Moses Smith just behind in third and fourth. In 2011, Moses Smith would come very close to victory at Utah, taking the lead late, but he would end up finishing the race just shy of victory in the second spot. And finally, in 2012, Eric Holmes would lead the charge for BMR in that race, driving his number 20 Nap Auto Parts Toyota to a second-place finish. This weekend, the five BMR teams look to bring back the team's first and second win at the road course, and they have a very good chance of doing that with their strong lineup of drivers. The season's winding down for Bill McAnally Racing. After Utah, there will be just two West races left on the season, Meridian Speedway in late September, and of course All-American Speedway in October. Todd Gilliland and the number 16 Napa team will be running the final East race of the year out of Dover International Speedway at the end of the month. So after Utah, you'll have three more chances to watch your BMR drivers either at the track or when the races air on NBCSN. As always, you can listen to every new and old episode of the BMR Access Show on the Bill McAnally Racing SoundCloud. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes as well so you can listen to every episode of the show on your phone using that podcast app. Once more, I want to say thanks to our featured interview of the week, Julia Landauer, for joining us on the show. Best of luck to her and the whole BMR team in both races this weekend. And thank you for tuning in to this edition of the show, and tune in next time to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. You've been listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNapa.com. 